Welcome to the Bridging the Generation podcast. I'm your host, Malak Ari. Today, we have a legend in the building. I'm talking about an entrepreneur, lifestyle specialist. You have seen this brother on the radio, got his own show, his own liquor. I mean, I don't even know. I don't even know where to start with this brother, man. He's from my hometown, Washington, D.C., proud native, man. And I'm talking about the one, the only Kenny Burns, man. What's going on, brother? How you doing, Malak? Thanks for having me, home team. I'm happy to be here. Nah, no, 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 no. I'm happy that you're here, brother. And I, you know what? An interview like this, man, because, Kenny, you, you've been involved in so many things. I don't even know where to start, but we know you as the lifestyle specialist. So talk about that a little bit, man, and how did you go about becoming the lifestyle specialist, man? Well, I mean, I became a lifestyle specialist at Woodrow Wilson Senior High School. Let's go. Uh, Let's go Tigers. Yeah. And so at the end of the day, I think I learned that people were my super skill. Okay. Um, You know, my superpower early. No doubt. You know, I used to hoop, but I wanted to be in the streets more. So I ended up falling victim to, you know, things that I was doing in my senior year in high school, actually. October of my senior year, I got locked up. And, you know, I I just knew that's something I didn't want to do going forward with my life. Love and that. the next the next fall, I tried to go to Montgomery Community College to go hoop, and uh, I caught one on the rim uh, in one game. And then the dude tried to come get me back, and I pushed him, mm. and they and they cleared the stands and all that. So it, it just became it just became one of them things. I gotta get out of here, man. I gotta get out of <laughs> the DMV. At the, I mean, obviously, I was in Montgomery uh, Junior College, so that was okay. in Maryland, but. Yeah, I was trying to go to school. I was trying to do the right thing. And then my cousin hit me after all of that. Like, yo, you got to right. come to Atlanta, dog. Like, Yeah, talk about you. that transition to Atlanta. Because most people, yeah. they, they associate you with you from Atlanta, man. I don't like that, man. I'm like, man, hold on, hold on. Kenny nah, Burns from know, D.C., man. Stop playing. Listen, man, and it's beautiful to have two homes. And I'll tell okay. you, at that time in my life, staying in D.C., I'd have been locked up. You know what I'm saying? Or dead. It was just, you know, a no-win no no situation for me. No doubt. Um, and my cousin was going to Morehouse. Okay. He was like, dog, this, this Freaknik thing happening, man. It's the oh, biggest hell black yeah. <laughs> college experience you could ever, you know what I'm saying, experience. Yeah, yeah. Come on down. I was like, cool, got it cool, you know, got it okay with the PO. And literally with the Atlanta, man, and seeing so many diverse black people oh, amongst no. the AU Center, which is Morehouse Spelman, Morris Brown, Clark Atlanta Clark, University. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it, it, it opened my eyes to some things, man, in, in, the, in the most positive way possible. No doubt. And back then with no social media, you know, people had to talk about you and talk about how you did this and why you a legend or, you know what I'm saying? You no ain't doubt. had no, no clips to play unless you was yeah, on yeah. TV. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or you had things on the news, you didn't get you know, in the airtime. And so I went down there, man. My cousin has set me up. Big shout out to Leo Williams. He's also another, you know, DC, DMV native. Okay. Um, but yeah, man, I literally went down there. He had painted the picture like I was Scarface. So by the time I got there, everybody <laughs> knew everybody knew who I was. And we, we ain't talking about Scarface the rapper. No. No. <laughs> so um and big shout out to Eddie Van. Um I'm doing some work with the legend Eddie Van and the Madness Connection, so stay tuned for that. Shout, um, out, shout out to Uncle the, Ed. Yeah, the real, the real DC. Yes, but sir. I think that you know when I went there, man, I was able to meet a lot of people quick because of my cousins and and, and people evangelizing my name. No doubt. And, and really, how cool I was, and how you know, if they met me, they would love me type uh, vibe. And I became the party dude. I, no doubt. I literally started throwing parties as soon as I stepped on the scene. Uh, we linked up with some Detroit cats where we had family too. Big shout out to Wendell White, uh, my cousin Damon Dorsett. Uh, we had, you know, me, Leo, Damon, <clears throat> you know, uh, Wendell, aka okay. Slick, my brother Sabe, who went to Wilson as well. Like, we okay. just, my, my brother Garnett Wilkins, I used to call him Fly Guy. We just went down there, man, okay. to really try something new, get, a, get okay. out of the situation gotcha. we was in. And when we got there, man, we were blessed to really, you know, take over the AUC, man. And, you know, ironically became some of the biggest contributors to Atlanta culture at that time. Because you got to imagine, Criss Cross just sold 4 million records. TLC sold 4 million so, so records. Deaf, yeah, yeah. So, so deaf, and, yeah. And, and Rowdy Records planted their flags in the soil. LA, you know, uh, constructed one of the best labels of all time, LaFace mm. Records. So 
I was there when all that was happening. So, Hell yeah. you know, ha having my parties on <laughs> yeah. Friday night, you know, you know, I'm getting calls from the legend Shanti Shoestring Doss. Like, can I bring Outcast? I got a new group called Outcast. Can they come perform at your at your party? So, but you know, people don't realize, you know, even you know, fast forward to ninety, that was ninety two, ninety four. Um, you know, getting there ninety four is when you know the Big Mac, the Biggie Smalls and Craig Mac thing. Mm -hmm. I remember that. I remember that. Yeah. And this is also too around the time for outcast yeah. and ninety two is when I stepped foot in Atlanta though. And that's that's almost that's thirty years. Right, ago. right. So you you, know you was saying? pretty much in Atlanta like right before like this whole migration to Atlanta. Like you got I, there. I, I, I was here when it started. And that, yeah. that's why I like I can never not say I'm from here too. I've been here thirty years. Yeah, I've been yeah. in Atlanta right. longer than I was in DC. I, I grew up right. in DC. And, okay. and it, it taught me everything I know. Right. And clearly I've given DC so many different, you know, lights, no you doubt. know, and, 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 and not, what's the word I'm looking for? I gave it so much, you know, um, I mean, I put on Wale. I, I opened up the rap door. For no doubt. Girl, no doubt. So I paired Wale with UCB, which I actually try not, a lot of people don't notice. I try to sign UCB to Rockefeller, but it didn't oh, work Oh, that would have been a look. That would have been a look. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to sign him. But I, I put so much of my energy into DC and helping the DMV actually no form because when I was there working Wale and trying to get people to listen, they were like, "Oh, that Bama from Maryland, they ain't nobody." Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? No, he from Moe County. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but, but but regardless of where yeah, he was yeah. from, he was he was a he was a talent. No doubt. And, and, and nobody no doubt. from Washington DC can't say they don't have family in Virginia, from Virginia or I, in Maryland. Exactly. From Maryland. So I was trying to get I was trying to unify unify the city. And yeah. what I was doing was I was taking DC, Maryland, Virginia and making it one because I felt like we could get more out no of the unity. No doubt. As no far doubt. as records. I mean, everybody needs to always realize that DC's 10 miles by 10 miles. Exactly. It ain't like we're a district. We ain't even a, exactly. a city. For real. No doubt. So, no doubt. So with that said, man, the DMV came about while they went crazy and opened up the doors for all the rappers that have come since then. Um, but Atlanta, man, is, is my home too. I raised yeah, my kids yeah. here. Um, you know, I've, I've made a name for myself and everything, honestly, I've done in Atlanta to your point and to your question or your statement, rather, you know, that was the beginning of Atlanta's right. you know, contribution yeah. to pop culture. And I was dead no in the middle of it. No doubt. I want, I want to go back for a second. Cause you, you mentioned, you know, um, you mentioned how, you know, bringing a lot of things from the city, you know what I'm saying? Uh, bringing it to, you know, you kind of brought some things to Atlanta and when I think about that, I think about how I, I would call you like a curator of culture. You know, is, is, is it safe to say that? And where and where does that come from? It comes from Washington, D.C. Growing up in D.C., we, we were a melted pot of cultures. And a lot right. of people don't realize, you know, living, you know, in Adams Morgan, living uptown, you know what I'm saying, on, on, on 16th Street, like, you know, uh, living over there in Northeast at the Heights over by John Carroll and, yeah, you know, yeah. playing basketball growing up at Turkey Thicket, with, yeah, you know, yeah. with, with, with what that was. And everybody, mm -hmm. you know, what Turkey Thicket was back in the late 80s, oh, that's early good. 90s. Oh, that's be rocking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so, so, like, but, but being around all these cultures allowed my style to, to form. You know what I mean? No doubt, like, no doubt. I've been putting that shit on since a child you know what yeah. i'm saying i'm talking about at a high level and big yeah. talk to to the madness connection again i used to buy three back then in 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 nine in the early late 80s early uh -huh. 90s gucci's was 150 dollars for the low for the low tops uh 250 for the high tops and eddie van and the madness shop sh sold them for double because the gucci store yeah. in dc didn't sell the tennis shoes uh -huh. you had to go to atlantic city or new york okay so, but i'm i'm a young at 14 15. damn that i'm wearing tony alamo jackets the, the out joint. i'm wearing them jumps they was 15 the tony alamos damn they, they was 1500 a pop yeah, there yeah. then yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, I mean, but I was very active early and fashion yeah. was my game. You know, it was almost impossible to hustle because I would try to dress up on the strip. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? It's no like, doubt. you hot, you hot. And after yeah, I yeah. got locked up, I had on a jacket that was way too flashy for the, for the strip and they told my ass <laughs> hey, but, up. But, man, we know about y'all Wilson dudes, man. Y'all like Wilson dudes, what they, I, I know a lot of people that went to Wilson, man. What they got to say about cats from Wilson, man. Y'all some fly dudes, man. Like they gotta, yeah. yeah. Wilson dudes, them coolest dudes, them dump. Y'all, I gotta, I gotta put Wilson up there with the top, man. 
Yeah, no, Uptown holds it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna keep it one thousand. while. You no, know, that's, that's a fact. That's a fact. I can't, that's I can't, I can't hate. They hold the title. Yeah, you yeah. know, and, and big shout out to Southwest because that was, Wilson was on for Southwest. Jefferson, that's yeah, where, all the kids from Jefferson go there. Yeah, but but that's that's the but you know the crazy thing about that Southwest, you know Southwest is, I mean technically Southeast. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, there's yeah. a bridge. There's a bridge separating the two. No doubt, no doubt. But I think a lot of the energy came from Southeast Southwest up that way too. And then when you met Uptown, you know. I didn't. I wasn't like some of the uptown kids. You know, when you look at the uptown kids, you think good families. You yeah, know yeah. You, and, and my mama, yeah. Listen, my mama, my aunts, my grandmother loved the shit out of me, but I didn't have that father figure. And God rest okay. My father actually just passed in January, but oh, I had to kind of be. Thank you. I, I had to be in the mix. You know what I'm saying? But the one thing about the uptown, dude, you go anywhere in the city and get money. At least I could. <laughs> I know that's right. I know that's right. So look, I want. I want. I want to shift gears for a second, uh, Kenny. Like I said, you, you arrived in Atlanta, in Atlanta, what we talking, 92, 93, around that time? 19, Freak Nick, 1992 is when I touched soil, came home, did what I had to do to come back that fall. I was in okay. Morris Brown College, fall 92. Okay, so you was actually going to school out there too as well? I tried. Okay, <laughs> all, right. all right, so look, so look, now you in Atlanta, you know, like what were some of the mentors that, you know, that took you under their wing, you know what I'm saying? And is that something that you... You know, is that something that you do as well? You know, now that you, you know, a vet in the game. Yeah, that's all I do. And you know, I have thousands of mentees, whether it be direct or from my influence. And I think that you know, if it wasn't for guys like Dallas Austin's brother Claude Austin, God rest the dead, uh, David Gates. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I was, you know, Kevin Wells. Like, there were a lot of people here that were from here. You know what I okay. mean? Like. Kevin Wells, for instance, he did the Monica Miss Thing album. Yeah, yeah, You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. But, but my first job, Claude, Austin, and Dave gave me at Rowdy. Kevin had left, so I got the Monica project. Wow. You know what I mean? And they were trying to put Don't Take It Personal out like two, three times. It didn't work. I got on the Black Expos, which was like the Essence Fest back in the day. And <laughs> literally, she went from nothing to gold on a single. She yeah, was selling yeah. a couple million records on Miss Thing. But, like, I, those were the main guys, man. Then I have, like, Frank Ski on the radio side on the radio, yeah. from baltimore yeah but then like greg street i met greg street in 1994 didn't never know i was gonna be in radio i was just in the mix you know what i mean okay. but those guys when i decided to do radio and even back then i knew them very well they would always speak like i was the promoter yeah, i was the yeah. host with the most and uh those were the guys i would give a lot of credit to because they saw me early and knew what i was about to do no doubt, no doubt. Now, like I said, um, you, you mentioned a lot of legendary names right there, but um, I want to talk about this brother right here because I know that you had a special and a personal relationship uh, with this guy, and I'm talking about the legendary Andre Harrell. Oh, so yeah, like talk about how, what this brother meant to you as far as just mentorship, friendship, whatever, you know? Talk talk about Mr. Harrell a little bit. Malak, great question, man. You know, I was in uh, Atlanta in 1996, okay. and my probation got weird. And so they sent them people to come get me. Like it was Ooh. a real tech. It was a real technicality. Okay. Like I was back then. You could I could fax my report sheet. Yeah. I yeah, could yeah. Fax it to my parole officer. Okay. Right. Yeah. Uh, and so, long story short, they said they wouldn't give my text. And so, long, I'm sorry, my text, my my faxes. <laughs> so long story. So I wish it was a text. <laughs> no, right, so right. Then, then I would have had proof. Right. Um, so, but anyway, I did have proof because I had records on my end. But long story short, I had to go to DC. Okay. quick you know what i mean because uh -huh. they can hold you up to six months and move you and i was like oh, i ain't shit. done nothing there's yeah. no way y'all holding me i'm popping i'm the party guy like i got yeah, a lot yeah. of things going so long story short man clark kent i just got off the phone with him dj man. clark, clark kent? kent dj clark man. kent are you just clark throwing kent. these names out there like <laughs> yeah no clark kent man i used to bring him to atlanta yeah. and we became brothers he used to take me across the globe with him man shaq's house when he was at the Orlando Magic. Magic. I used to be there every two weeks. Well, shout out to like, Dennis anyway. Scott. Got an interview with yeah, him 3D. Out. Yeah, 3D. Yeah, 3D, my brother. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And so, <clears throat> my big brothers. And so, you know, Clark told me he got this position at Motown Records. Okay. And I'm like, word? Like, you crazy? Like, Motown, <laughs> Motown? Like, crazy. <laughs> and so, he was familiar with, you know, obviously being on the road with him all the time. He knew I yeah. do all the hot parties. You know, I was the first to bring Jay-Z to Atlanta. First yeah, I was just about to ask, Atlanta. was he working with, with Jay-Z around that time? Yeah he was and this is what i'm getting to so we had, he had introduced me to dame and jay and so we had all started clicking up at D, D in new york i would go i brought him to atlanta they was making okay. reasonable doubt 
So whole time, Clark is up in his A&R stuff. He has stuff mm. on Junior Mafia. He has stuff on Big. So he went over to Motown and he said, dog, you got to meet Andre Harrell. Right, and for right. me, like most people didn't know who that was. You know what I'm saying? But me, I I grew up like Jodeci. Uptown Records. Williams. Yeah, Mary J. Blige, Father MC, like all them records that he yes, was doing. Yes, sir. Man, MVP's what? first record, Sample yeah. Go-Go. And so for me, like, this was like Holy Grail shit. And you got to imagine, I don't care about no music business. I'm a street guy that's yeah, right, 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 right. in their world. So I'm looking at the plays. I ain't looking at being cool with y'all. <laughs> You're looking at the play. Yeah. I, I, I wasn't looking at being cool with everybody. Like, cause that's okay. not, I got my core to this day. And I feel like I've met so many amazing people along the way. And we shared moments and we had moments. But I can really count on my hands and toes my friends, right? So... Mm -hmm. And I have a, a lot of great acquaintances, a great, a lot of great partnerships. Right. But I take friend, family very seriously. And I have, like I said, friends and I have some family that aren't blood that became family. And Clark no is one of yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. And, and Andre became one of them. So I met a man. He was a like-minded spirit. He saw me. He saw my personality. You know, he taught me about real culture and lifestyle and how to uh, adapt and adjust in a business that really was unforgiving to black mm. men. You know what I'm saying? They wanted now explain our talents. That. Explain that a little bit. They wanted our talents. They wanted our access. You know, they knew we had certain style and gotcha. presence when we showed gotcha. up. And they never wanted to tell us how much that was worth. They wanted us to, to, to put it into artists and put it on records and do all these things. But Andre taught me how to decipher, okay, I could do all that, mm -hmm. but I could really get paid for doing the same thing. Wow. You understand me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, the, light, the light for me really switched when I met Andre Harrell, because he spoke that into me. He's like, this is how he used to talk. He'd be like, oh, set this nigga kitty fries. <laughs> this is the flyest DC nigga. Oh, this nigga brings DC to every party. Like the nigga would really, every time he referred to me and got excited, he would have yeah. DC in the mix, because I was, I reminded him of the best of DC. No and so doubt. with that, man, he just showed me art. He showed me culture. He allowed me to make six figures and grow and make records. Mm. And, you know, I broke 702, Stilo, and 92Q in Baltimore. I just doing okay. things, not even not even knowing my personality was what everyone was buying into. Of course, of course right. I had good records. I was, but you know, he, he taught me how to tap into my real superpower, and that was me and my wow. personality and how I connected with people. And now I do that in each business venture that I go into. I bring all of me. I introduce new people into the phrase and folk and, and, and fold. I um, I take superstars that don't quite know their light now to your question of how do I mean? Yes, I take people that don't even know their superpower, tell them their superpower, show them how to use it, get money with them or send them on to get money on their own. No doubt. I've been doing that, honestly, you know, since Andre Harrell taught me that. Clark Kent started it. He kind of taught me like, oh, you got an exceptional ability that you right, get paid right, for right. on that mic. Then Dre taught me, you are like, uh, you're different. You can forge yeah. your own path. And that's what I've been doing ever since. That's one thing, I, one, one thing I love about being from D.C., man, why I take pride in being from here and why when I look at brothers like you, like you, it's, it's, it's an inspiration because I feel like we have a lot of uh, untapped talent here and I feel like there's a certain uniqueness. Every every area, every city, they feel that they have their own uniqueness. But I, I tell you one thing, it's nothing like D.C. So nothing. it's nothing like D.C. And one thing I love about, you know, hearing your story, you took what you learned from growing up here in D.C. And you, you went ahead and pivot in Atlanta. And now people are seeing the greatness that we not only that we have from the city, but you bring in other people in. So. Um, I want to. I want to talk about this. I, I want to say oh, something. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Like, like DC has been with me my entire journey. Though I moved to Atlanta, you know, when I was at Rockefeller, Vice President Rockefeller, I had Aja Armani T-shirts on the whole Ooh. state property. I had them in every video. Yeah. Like I've, yeah. I've always looked out for for the home. You know, it's all good. No, but I, I've been putting off for DC my entire journey, man. And so everything I've ever done, you know. And the beauty of like culture, man, this is what I learned from Andre Harrell. Like at the end of the day, man, it's 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 a blessing to know more about the world no so doubt. that you can implement it in your game. You know, when mm -hmm. I started, you know, learning about art, you know, when I started learning about the things that eventually helped me 
in my business acumen. You know, it came from being other places. That's why I always suggest, you know, you know, go travel the world, see no some things. You know what I mean? It's good to be from somewhere. Right. You're always going to take, that's always going to be a part of you. You know what I mean? But see the world, man. We only get one life. No doubt, no doubt. Now I want to, I want to, I want to talk about uh, culture shifting. I remember you saying you, you. I was watching an interview, and you was talking about, you know, like how culture changes, like every two to three years or something like that. If you, if you don't mind, expound on that a little bit. Like, what, what do you define as like, you know, uh, identifying culture shifting? I think it's every ten years. Um, okay, and I bad. think that society goes through lows. You see, right now. You know, Russia's at war with Ukraine. Yeah, we yeah. had a pandemic. We had probably the most fierce uh, racial, um, racial tension-based political mm. election in the last thirty oh, years. Yeah, yeah, you know no doubt, I mean? no doubt. Yeah. And it's dark. It's heavy. You look at the music. Drill music is super important and and, and popular. And people talk killing every kill, 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 yeah, die, yeah, die, yeah. die, die. Yeah, everything yeah. is dark but everything in the dark has to come to light and i feel no like when you look at history you know even back in in the day when you look at like shit, nirvana in in you know in in whatever the rap was it was it was yeah. dark what, they, what know, they call that like grunge rock i think <laughs> yeah it was grunge. you know here's yeah. a better example when you look at like nwa okay you talk know about what i mean it. and then 10 years later you had all the the fun you know what i mean so i think it cycles like that, you know. Okay. You know, the, and, it, and it ironically goes with the economy when you mm. think about it. Like when people are doing good, everybody's happy. No, that's a fact. Up, <laughs> I want to shoot people in the face. <laughs> it's like they get bored, man. You know, we got to see something different. We got. But that's what I think. Culture, and that's another, and that's another reason why everybody should always know that everything that happens in the world affects you. Mm. You know, and as you get older, you see that obviously with. You know, I don't know if you're a homeowner, but when you get home ownership, there's great times to get your, you know, your, your rate lower. There other times there's not. And it's all having to do with the economy, yeah, inflation, yeah, yeah. what's going on yeah. with the prices of oil. Oh, yeah, yeah, no doubt. It's, it's all time. When, it, when, it, when it's time to sell, you know, you buy and uh, and, and other way around. <laughs> yeah. So if nah. you got money. If you got money. <laughs> have money yeah, no, <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. So look, I want to I talk about like, you know, one thing I love about you, is you're able to jump around in different uh, endeavors of your of your career, and a lot of people see you now. You got your liquor, which I want to I want to talk about a little bit later. Um, they will say you're like, man, like how you how do you find ways to reinvent your reinvent yourself, and what what where does that motivation comes from? Uh, it comes from you know will God. You know, it's something I, I never I've never put limits on myself. Um, as I've learned something, I've e either consumed it from the standpoint of I want to be in this field, I want right. to you know participate in this, and if I made money, I stayed. If I didn't make money, I kept it moving, and I kept would moving. always give everything my full heart um, and creative abilities and passion, so that I could possibly receive all the uh, the blessings. No doubt. And you know, speaking about the spirit industry. You know, I was the first influencer ever. I created influencer programs that all spirit companies use. But I loved it. I could yeah. party. I could make people have the best time of their life. Then yeah. it became more cultural. Why do we participate in this? What is the benefit culturally yeah. for yeah. us? And obviously that benefit led me to ownership. No um, doubt. And, you know, with that, that's obvious, right? Like you get to a point where, okay, I got a little bit of bread. Right, this, right. Right. Uncle Nearest is the fastest growing american whiskey in u.s history give, give us the Four backstory on that later. i want i want to get into this right uh right real quick uh miss uh mr burns uh i want to know the backstory because i don't i don't think fans know the backstory of uncle nearest and i want to talk about how did you come to developing this this such a interesting wine i think i've I tried it it's amazing it's it i mean the taste is exquisite so can you can you talk a little bit about that you meant to say whiskey, but yes. yeah. Yeah, um, I apologize. My bad, my bad. Okay. So I was playing golf, um, ironically, on Trump's golf course. One of four times I've ever played golf because I don't play golf. Okay. And it was, some, it was some 
some business people were going to be there. Kenny, you should meet these guys. Oh, okay. They're VCs. <laughs> they, you know, whatever. And I, I, you. I, I really don't do, you know, at that point in my life, I didn't really do, like, if I didn't have an immediate business opportunity, I kind of, like, I never wanted to play myself. Okay. But what I've learned was that my personality will get me in any door. And I didn't really play. I was more smoking Cubans and drinking tequila. But this guy that was uh, there, I had met him, never thought I'd see him again in my life. And one day I got a call from a mutual friend saying he was trying to find me that they were raising money for this spirit. And I was like, all right, bet, you know, what's up? He's like, you're gonna love the story. I'm like, what's the story? He's like, it's about the slave that taught Jack Daniels how to make whiskey. I was like, I'm in. Wait a minute, you know, because anything I've ever right, learned right. about spirits is that if you have heritage, if you have, you know, legacy involved with the amazing story, yeah, right, or legacy involved where you can trace it back right, to right. these, you know, interesting times, then right, right. that made for, and, and if the juice was amazing, no doubt, you know, the juice yeah, in the yeah. bottle was amazing, yeah, yeah, no it. doubt. So immediately I was like, ding, 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 and I was like, tell me more and what you know once i got in touch with the guy he was like you got to meet this lady fawn weaver uh she resurrected this recipe um that was you know um made by this slave who taught jack daniels i was like oh shit words like yeah she's a phenomenon she's a force of nature wow. she's all these things and i was like of course black women will save the planet <laughs> and so um i went to lynchburg tennessee man and heard a story I never heard, you know, I think it was my, I was what, 44 at the time, um, yeah, five years ago, 44. And I was like, whoa, this is amazing. I want yeah. in, how, how can I help you? And at this time, yeah. I'm the one, number one guy in spirits. You know what I mean? Like I, I done made the most noise as an yeah. independent contractor. You don't want to kind of usher the whole, that, the whole Ciroc thing, that whole, that whole movement. Well, what well, a Ciroc thing became, you know, Quick little story. So Puppet always tried to get me to work with Sarah. Okay. We actually had vodka wars. Everyone can Google Kenny Burns, Diddy, uh, fight in club. Just okay. put that in. <laughs> uh, and so I had these amazing experiences, but I was my own boss. I didn't work for nobody. The, the companies that I was consulted for needed me. I was okay. their I was their guy. I was their culture guy. Puff, he was Puff, and it was no dancing around. Right. Like I couldn't. I had to make my bones without him to get the attention. He okay. always actually offered me several different times to work with, you know, Cones Wine, what would become Cones Wine and Spirits. But I said, no, no, no. And he ended up offering me an opportunity to launch Revolt Television. And I took that. And ironically, working with him, you don't just work for one company. He offered me more money to come over to Cones Wine and Spirits, which he probably really wanted from the, okay. from the jump. Gotcha. So Apple <laughs> Rock was my, my, my launch. Uh, Mango Ciroc, uh, Deleon Tequila. So yes, I did work with them on some spirits. But yeah, man, Uncle Nearest, I ended up leaving there in 2017, came home, had that conversation with Fawn Weaver. And not only were the fastest growing American whiskey in US history, uh, in four years, um, we've won the most bourbon and whiskey awards known to man. No um, and we've just, you know, we, we can't keep it in stores. It sells yeah, out everywhere. Yeah. No we've been on Oprah's favorite things list. Um, and it's all headed by a black woman and supported by your lifestyle specials. No doubt. No doubt. Now I, I heard you mention before, um, you know, one thing about, uh, the culture when it comes to, you know, branding yourself, when it comes to moving forward, um, and pivoting in this culture, ownership is very, very, very very important and you you mentioned like early in your career you was giving away ideas for free so if you don't mind talk a little bit about that and how much it means to you as far as like where you're at in your in, in your career now opposed to where you were at previously yeah first i'd like to say that if you're a one trick pony you better motherfucking you know what i'm saying realize your real purpose because we all have purpose if you're a one-trick pony, you're, you're not meant to be a boss. Right. You're yeah. not meant to be leading nobody. And it's cool. Role players are as vital no as doubt. bosses. No doubt. I don't want everybody to hear me clearly. <laughs> no doubt. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, but for me, man, you know, I think that giving information is community building. 
Right now, every day, Monday through Thursday, I get free game in the three o'clock hour on my show because I feel like people need to have the information. I can give you the same information, the same blueprint I've had. I can give you everything I know. Doesn't mean you're gonna do it like me, but one of those things are gonna identify which is gonna help you with your game. And I don't think people look at life like that. And I think people look at life like, I gotta hold on to this shit, man, because if I let it go and they do it better, if I let it go, but see, that's insecurity. That's, um, you know, that creates, you know, creates or causes inner turmoil in the black community. And to be honest with you, if you would just give the manufacturer, if you would just give, you know, the contest and there's, there's scholarship opportunities nobody knows about, but are very well qualified to get. Give right. people that information. Right, right, you right. Are, listen, no That's where your blessings, your blessings forget. come from that. No one will ever forget that you helped them. No and doubt. it costs you nothing. It costs you nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, yeah. I've helped. I've helped personally thousands of people. I've I've helped ten thousands of people basically because of my offer. I can do things like this all the time. People be like, yo, you on a breakfast club, you doing this, that, and the third. Why you still do my man's from Malacca's from DC. I want to see him win. Thank if you. Somebody brother. can Appreciate hear me on his podcast, not just you, because I know yeah. you're getting some game too. But if yeah. somebody hears on this podcast that they got kids, that's gonna help him. No doubt. I want to, that's what I do for my I just did a magazine cover. Big shout out to Inner City Magazine, local here in Atlanta. They probably shot me better than any cover I ever had. I got 800 <laughs> covers in my office right now. You know what I mean? So I believe in people. I believe in in in, in the phrase we all we got. And that's no what problem. I'm going to do. I just told Clark Kent, ironically, again, I, I told you I was talking to him a little bit ago. He was like, man, I'm so proud of you. You're like a community leader. I went from fucking drug dealer, not caring about nothing but getting money. Yeah. Uh, married man 23 years this october Woo, 23 years jesus 23 i got two functioning great young black men yeah. you know what i'm saying like i'm breaking stereotypes i'm breaking barriers no and I'm setting forth the new blueprint for youngest because guess what we all need somebody we all need somebody all yeah. you motherfuckers that think you can do it by yourself are sadly mistaken and yeah. i'm talking to you black men and black women that try to act like you just could do everything by yourself and you don't need nobody. No, we no all doubt. need somebody. No doubt. And your no friends doubt. can't do what your significant other can do for you. That's all I would say right there. Then I'm gonna leave that there, there, there. Nah, nah, that's some jewels. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely, I'm definitely picking these jewels up, and I, I and I pray that everybody who watched this, man, they they take take heed to what you're saying, man. Um, I want, I want, I want to change gears for a second because um, when I think about your career. When I think about guys in, in your position, and you are in a very unique position, I feel that you are one of one. Um, a lot of times, you know, guys can lose themselves in this in, in this industry. Now, what has been some of the uh, things that you have done to make sure that you have, you know, always, you know, remain humble, um, make sure that you haven't uh, lost yourself, you know, because we got we have stories like Shakir Stewart, uh, Chris Lighty, and do you, I mean, have you ever met any of those brothers? You know, ran across them. Shakir Stewart. One of my one of my best friends. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, for, first person I met when I came to Freaknik was Shakir Stewart. Oh, he was and here back then? He was I mean he was here in Atlanta. He, he was in Atlanta back then? He was yeah. We he went to school with Leo. They were freshmen together when I came. Okay. Freaknik ninety two. But great question. Um a couple things. I never I always knew life was bigger than me. You know what I mean? So it was never you know, it's so funny, man. You know, pe people see my pictures and see me and all this shit and be like, oh, man, he probably don't. He probably stuck up light-skinned nigga. He probably don't even give <laughs> That fuck Instagram dude. page popping, though, Kenny. I ain't gonna lie, man. That Instagram page but, is crazy. But, yeah, <laughs> but, but they don't know me. Yeah. And when they get to know me, they will see that I'm the most selfless individual in the world. You know what I mean? So back to your question. I knew it was always bigger than that. I'm very selfless, you know what I mean? That's before I had children. And when you have children, you really know it's bigger than you. And when you get married and you share, yeah, you know, yeah. your dreams and your hopes and desires with someone else and trust them with that, you know it's bigger than you. But I would say I always knew it was bigger than me. And then also money was never my goal, you know? And I look at people like Shakir, God rest the dead. And I, you know, it still upsets me because Shakir was one of one, he was, like me he had these ambitions and desires but right. mental health is a motherfucker. yeah yeah black yeah, men yeah. from our generation weren't allowed to cry <clears throat> or say they were hurting or you know because it wasn't cool Nigga, you had to bear the world on your shoulders you had yeah. to get it done yeah yeah <clears throat> but that's not reality reality is we hurt too 
And to all the black women out there, you know, I say on my show and I said it here today, black women will say the plan. I truly believe that I act on it daily. But at the same time, black men need that same love. Black men need to know that they can be comforted. We can't bear the weight of the world on our shoulders. We're not supposed to. It's inhumane to no, deal with fact. all that and not have yeah. releases. Yeah. And that's what happened to Shakir Stewart. And that's what happened to Chris Lighting. And it's sad because, you know, everybody ain't equipped to deal with life, period. Let alone, right. yeah. you know, the things that come with it. You know, so I just, I want to encourage our communities, man, to be a little more thoughtful and caring. You know, I go on Kanye because I know Kanye. And I think I say the things that'll get through to Kanye. But right. also celebrate Kanye because we've never seen nothing like that in our generation. That's so at the same time, there's balance in my offering. I can call him a, you, you being stupid, nigga. What the <laughs> fuck are you doing? Like, you know, uh, brow beating your wife. Nigga, you can't do that shit. Yeah, he look, cra he, look cra he look crazy out here. He look crazy right now. No, but I know him too. Yeah. Just like I can say, Puff, you don't own the black vote. He blocked yeah. me, but I don't give a fuck. Yeah, yeah. Like, I said the truth, but those aren't detrimental things. Those are truth. Right. Those, those are true facts, and those are things that will hold, make people reevaluate and hold themselves responsible. And that's all I do. I, but, but again, we need to support, you know, the idea of community. And we just, we, you know, it's a lost art for us, man. You met, you mentioned balance. Yeah, you mentioned balance. Like when I when I see you, you know, I, I, I follow you on IG. You have one of the best Instagram pages on on ig period <laughs> period you know what i'm saying but the beautiful thing about it man you know it's the, the person that we see you know on ig you're like you're a better person you know when i talk to people who know you and i know people that know you i've never heard anything bad or negative about kenny burns and Thank you. you like i said you mentioned balance how has it been balancing your career and being a family man being a uh, a father a husband of 23 years I, you know you're in the clubs but you got a wife so Talk about that a little bit. How was that? Yeah, well, well, first of all, as far as my wife, you know, she saved my life. <clears throat> you gotta have a partner that understands you. Sometimes better than you understand yourself. Mm. Um, you have to have a partner that challenges you. And so, you know, we have that bond where, you know, I'm putting that first. Mm. No, nothing is gonna come between me and my family. And then obviously when you have kids, you understand the real meaning of family and your purpose here. So I'm clear on my purpose here. Okay. And that is my balance. You know, I chose not to fly private and be here for two weeks and woo, woo, woo. I mean, I've flown private plenty of times, but I'm saying like, I, I don't <laughs> yeah. have to. Yeah, hold on, hold on. Let's not get, let's not get it twisted. Kenny has definitely yeah. been on some, some, some jets. Let's, let's, let's not do that. Yeah. <laughs> I've been everywhere. I've done everything. I've yeah. flown on the, I've, I've been on the number two of Google's yacht for yeah. a week. Nigga, I'm talking about full yeah. service kitchens and all that shit you ain't never seen. But my thing is like, I don't live for that. I never live for the, you know, my light is God's light. My light and what I offer, my superpower is God given. My power is to affect and inspire people. I'm clear with my purpose. I'm aligned with my purpose. And I think that that is the balance. The balance is when you are out here, y'all, and you find your purpose, you gotta align that with your product and your service. You can't keep doing shit. When you find your motherfucking purpose, you don't align it with how you getting money and how you moving around. No it's always gonna be back. Um, it's mm. gonna be. It's gonna be this. My, when did you my, learn that? My, when did you learn that? My luck was when I got married. Okay. I saw. I saw the thing that would keep me focused, right? Because at twenty-seven years old. It's real easy not to be focused. Oh, that's but I saw the thing that would keep me focused. And then when I had kids, I knew my purpose. So I was walking in my purpose. I hadn't quite yet aligned my purpose with my product and or service. Okay. But, you know, and to be honest with you, man, I'm going to keep it one thou while it's going to fuck you up. I didn't really align my purpose and my product and or service until COVID. Mm. And that's, and I had made millions. I had been in the <laughs> But COVID... COVID let me know that my relationships with the people that support me and look, that's my tribe. Mm. COVID allowed me to sit down and realize I had fucking childhood trauma. Yeah, I had yeah. things that I had to deal with. 
but becoming vulnerable, sharing those things made it comfortable for other people to do the same. I wish Shakir had that. I wish he had that because if he had had that, he would have known I saved lives doing that. And I know that's my purpose. Clark Kent again, telling me he's proud of a community. Absolutely, that is what I'm here to do. Now I've been doing it. I was walking in my purpose, but now right. I know. Now you know. You know, now I am 100% clear why I am here. It's a beautiful thing. I've been thing. doing it. Yeah, yeah. I've been doing it, yeah, but now yeah. I know. No, nah, no, nah, I feel you. I feel like, like as I get older, you know what I'm saying? I, you know, because right now, especially in, in, in uh, with this generation, and especially you, you already know in your in your industry, as you get older, they kind of try to push you to the side. But I feel like brothers like you, with so much wisdom and so much knowledge, you know, now I feel like I'm in my purpose. You know, I'm in my forties now, and I never in a in a in a lifetime thought I I, I would have the opportunity to to meet Kitty Burns and talk to Kitty Burns. But you know, now I feel like the things that I went through in my past, just like the things that you talk about, it made it, it made you who you are. So, you know, with all that being said, talk about how, like Asian in this industry, you know what I'm saying? Because you, brother, <laughs> you make this shit I'm look 49. good, man. Like, pause, like, like you make this shit look good, brother. I'm 49, about to be 50, October 29, 2022. Okay. And I got a Puma deal. I have two new spirits that I've added to my portfolio. That's what's up. I have, I have, I have a new like lease on life. No doubt. Right? Because back when my OGs was 59, 50, 49, about to be 50, they was trying to write them off. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah, you know, yeah. You know. Sit your ass down. You listen. Yeah. I'm telling everybody watching right now. <laughs> you young, all the youngest, you can't fuck with me on the fashion. You can't fuck with me <laughs> on the motherfucking shit talking. Yeah, you yeah. can't fuck with me on this paper. The paper, now that the paper here, you're really in trouble. Yeah, yeah. I'll go to 75. I will go to 75 on you niggas and still be relevant. <laughs> you hear me? Yeah, I'm stopping when I want to stop. Yeah, Let me yeah. tell you something. I'm going to run my shit right quick. Nah, As go ahead and talk your shit. You can't, push, you can't push what's necessary out. The ecosystem needs Kenny Burns. Mm. And without Kenny Burns, some of you niggas won't get what you came for. But guess what? You're going to hear something from me that's going to inspire you, nigga. That's facts. Yeah, yeah. Nah, nah. Talk your shit. Talk your shit. Like I said, I've seen it. I've been, like I said, I've been following you for over 20 years, brother. And to see how you just transition uh, throughout the, your, your career, man, bringing so many people to the game, man, it's, it's nothing short of phenomenal. Um, I, I want to hold you here. I know you're a busy man, but I, I got a, I got a couple of questions I want to I want to get on before we get up out of here. And one of the things I want to talk about as we talking about you know the old generation, the new generation. One thing about uh, about you, I love how you um, you know like the younger generation seem to gravitate towards you, and you don't seem to you don't write them off. So talk about that a little bit. Talk about this old versus new because you hear you hear a lot about that shit, and I, I'm getting tired of it. Yeah, I think people who deal in that realm are suckers. And I'm talking to all of them. If you ever out here talking about what the, like, I don't like today's music, but I ain't writing you off. I just exactly. ain't going to your music. Exactly. But if I ever get a chance to talk to Dirt or get a chance to talk to Baby or, you know, well, Baby, I listen to Baby. Yeah. It, you know, I, I think it's preference. You ain't got to hey, like hey, somebody hey. Do to appreciate what they're doing. Don't let no that doubt. go over your head. You don't got to like what somebody is That's doing to appreciate what they're doing. They're putting on for their families. They're creating opportunities. Mm -hmm. And I ain't no hater. Now, there are people I fry. And I try to fry them because you stand on dumb shit. Like Kodak Black. Certain people that just will not. Like, you know, my thing in culture, too. Hold a nigga responsible and then try to bring him back to the there light. There you go. Yeah, yeah. But the responsible got to have some rules. Instagram don't cut these stupid motherfuckers off. People don't write these. They, they double down and pour gasoline on the dump shit. They want more. Give us more. Give us more. So, and, and there's a difference, Malak. And I want you, I hope everybody heard the difference of what I said. We're not going to hate on the younger generation. We definitely gonna point out the stupid shit though, so that you can get a motherfucking real understanding on how you can really last in this business. I'm mm -hmm. here still. Yeah. You know how I many motherfuckers dead, locked up, can't figure out the fuck how to move forward and confused? 
yeah. I'm still here excelling yeah. at a high rate. So you can listen to me or not, but at the end of the day, I'm gonna speak life into those that I think motherfucking will speak life into others first. Mm. And then I'm gonna come get you motherfucking dumb motherfuckers that don't wanna listen and try to give you some free game too. But I am gonna fry your ass a couple times because <laughs> you, you can't think shit is sweet. Life right. ain't sweet. Right. The fact that you could be dumb and ignorant on Instagram just because don't make you special. Okay. Not six nine. He is broke today. Looking Last crazy. year he had a bag. He is broke today because the dumb shit won't allow you to be great ultimately, ladies yeah, and gentlemen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, I, 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 you I know, hope I'm I hope y'all can decipher. I nah, I, I, I get it. I get it. What I said. I get it. I get it. And 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 and. and I hope people listen. Listen when you when you when you, the way you broke that shit down, it ain't like you hating. You just telling you a living testimony. You are you a living testimony. You 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 been in this shit for for x amount of years. So you know what I'm saying you you seen it all. Because a lot of times you know people will try to say because you disagree with them, they will try to make it seem like you hating. But if you just pinpointing their wrongdoing, like you ain't you who are you? You ain't got nothing. Kenny Burns ain't hating on on who? For who are you, who are you hating on? <laughs> and, and to be honest, let's, let's be clear for the record. Kodak Black got some of the best melodies in the world. But you, my brother, stand on the bullshit. Fact. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Lil Wayne, you supported Trump. They ain't got nothing to do with me. I don't think that's right. I'll say it's not right. But you the GOAT. You one of the best rappers in the history of the world. I can have take that from yeah, my yeah. delivery. I yeah. can be, I can feel both ways about somebody. Yeah. You know nah, what right, I'm right. saying? Yeah. And if they feel a way about it, fuck them too, like for real. But at right. the same time, I'm a love machine. I have nothing but love to give. But when you stand on bullshit, I got to call bullshit. Right, right, right. Nah, nah. Everybody should be, you know, everybody, I feel like everybody should be entitled to their opinion. But you will have to stand on your opinion. You know what I'm saying? I hope you're willing to take whatever backlash that comes with that. So be cognizant what you say. But if you say certain shit and it rub people the wrong way, I hope you, I hope you can, I hope you can stand on that shit. You know what yeah, I'm saying? And, and so. don't do things, and don't do things. This is for any aspiring host personality that wants to, that 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 people are your superpower, and you want to deliver messages. You can't stand on bullshit. You can't stand on messy. Charlemagne the God is a great example. He started out like his mentee, Wendy Williams. Then he got chased around one or two cars. He got <laughs> caught in the alley a couple times, and now he's a motherfucking fast being. And y'all you know I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. He's in the books, he's yeah. in the political, and that's where we want you. Yeah, and we welcome you back. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? But at yeah. one at one point you was tripping because you thought that shock jocks and people that did things outside of the yeah. now mind you, I'm clear. I fuck with you, but you stupid. Yeah, or, that's a widow shit. Or or you or you a yeah. genius. I want to help you even more because you say that little baby. He said he didn't get tattoos because he didn't want to look like a thug. He is a trapper trapper. Right, right. Yeah. But there's vision for yourself and then there's your current circumstance. That's a, nah, I, I love that. I love that. I, you know I, I, I remember. When people, when people listen to people talk about motherfuckers and go ham, if a motherfucker spends all day doing that, they some suckers. You want to stand on the bullshit and negative shit. But if you hear a person like me call somebody out, that's for us to get them right. Right. I'm not trying to have Kodak Black lose no money. Yeah. I wish he'd just be on his shit and yeah. be a positive resource no doubt. For, for other people. And yeah. I, I yeah. can't, listen, my job, Malak, is to identify people like you that want to help culture grow and put us in the best light possible as we continue to forge through the systemic situation we in. Right? And if you don't help that bottom line, you got to go to the side. I'm not getting rid of you. I'm not canceling you. Yeah. But yeah. I can't let you, you gotta get out the way. Front you gotta get out the way. The message is clear. We yeah. we deserve more. We deserve more. Right. We deserve more. Yeah, that's a fact. No. Now I, I love that. I love that. Like when I watch you, you you know, people say, man, you know, you in your forties, you looking up to a to a uh, you know somebody else. I'm like that. Just because I'm in my forties doesn't mean I can't you know inspire to 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 make certain moves or to look up to somebody else. You know what I'm saying? You you it's, it's, it is what it is. Malak. When you think you make the most money in your life? I know I, I'm it, making it, it now. Right. I'm going no. to say 40s. If I ain't never make the type of money. That, yeah, I'm going to say 40s, 40s, 50s, 40s and 50s. If you do it right, 
your life will be like this yeah. until you check out this motherfucker. Because the niggas that do this, it's too many, it, it, it's too many. So yeah. if, a, if, a, if, if somebody's saying that you can't be who you want to be in your 40s, 50s, then they hate us. Then they hate us. That means that they don't have enough relationships unless they stealing, robbing, or just doing somebody wrong to get it. Because trust what I tell you. Let me tell you what I know about life. Relationships will get you everywhere you're going. But guess what else will? The motherfucking truth. And if you keep lying to yourself, you ain't never getting what you came for. That's, man, them jewels right there. Them jewels right there. I, I appreciate that, man. I appreciate that. Well, look, Kenny, man, I got it's so much. It's so much I would love to talk about with you, man. But I know your time one. is pressure. This part one. We'll do another part two. You know yeah, what yeah. Man, we, we got to. We got to. We got to. But again, hey, Kenny, man, this it is it is an honor to have you on the Bridging the Generation podcast, brother. I look forward to just seeing you do continue to do uh, great things in this culture, man, like you have been doing. You always represent the whole team. You represent the culture. And uh, it's an honor to have you on the platform, brother. You got anything you want to say before we get up out of here? Nah, I just want to tell you, necessary, you know, messaging is key to be understood. Like, we have to be able to communicate messaging so people can understand. The message has to be clear. We cannot allow our people not to have the information any longer. So you being in this position that you're in, man, the reason I'm doing this podcast because I believe you have that superpower and ability. Keep giving people <laughs> the information. Thank you, Thank you, thank you, thank you. I appreciate it. Again, I'm a lock out review watching the Bridging the Generation podcast. We got the one, the only, Mr. Kenny Burns. We signing out. Thanks, brother. You have a good night. Love. All Love. right.